This podcast is brought to you by Templeton Press and their new book, The Christmas Virtues, A Treasury of Conservative Tales for the Holidays. The third book in Templeton's Virtues series, The Christmas Virtues is a collection of essays by some of your favorite humorists like P.J. O'Rourke, Christopher Buckley, Jonah Goldberg, and comedian Larry Miller. Edited by the Weekly Standard's own Jonathan V. Last, The Christmas Virtues features humor and insight from your Weekly Standard favorites like Steve Hayes, Andrew Ferguson, Christopher Caldwell, and some podcast guy. Go to templetonpress.org for a special discount and free shipping offer on The Christmas Virtues and all three Virtues books. That's templetonpress.org for a special discount and free shipping on The Christmas Virtues. Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us for this special Christmas podcast from the Weekly Standard is Andrew Ferguson. Andy, I'm a music major from college, and I love the fact that you wrote a chapter for the new book, Christmas Virtues, on Christmas music, because I love Christmas music. But I want to start, before we get to the big picture, with a very specific. I want to ask, I want to run a single song title by you. Are you ready? I'm ready. Last Christmas, I Gave You My Heart. <laughs> Well, uh, what does that mean he's giving for this Christmas? <laughs> uh, it is, my, content- it is my contention, following along some of the themes that you wrote about in Christmas Virtues, that that is the worst Christmas song ever. Well, I don't know. We've got um, uh, Please, Daddy, Don't don't Get Drunk This Christmas. I, I'm, I'm a We've fan. Got, Sorry. Uh, I love that. That's, that's autobiographical for me. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Uh, yeah, see, it got a little too close to home for me. Uh, bon, bon Jovi's Backdoor Santa. We don't even want to go into what that's about. I, I, I'm a, once again, big fan. I, I, I do Christmas in a different way, obviously, but go ahead. <laughs> um, then there are, of course, the, the really classic uh, crappy songs like, you know, uh, Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer or the the um, one of our fellow writers in this uh, uh, book mentions... Actually, several people mentioned Alvin and the Chipmunks, uh, Christmas time, which, and, by the way, know, was number one. It charted. It charted at number one this time in 1958. Can you imagine that? The number one song in the country. Yes, I kind of remember it. Uh, certainly, it's uh, it's still popular on the damn channel that I listen to. <laughs> one of our our uh, pop stations here. At least one of them turns in, uh, starts playing nothing but Christmas music, you know, like around Halloween. And uh, <laughs> it, it gives you a chance to really get sick of all your favorite Christmas music but, before but, the season begins. But Andy Ferguson, I want to put a, con- a, a thesis to you. I want to assert an argument here, which is the grandma got run over by the reindeers and the 12 pains of Christmas and all stuff. That's in a different category. That You know, novelty songs are kind of their thing, which by sheer coincidence in 1958... Uh, one-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people eater also hit number one. So the lesson is, don't go back to 1958. But last Christmas, I gave you my heart, and you hit on this in in, in your uh, chapter. What makes it so offensive is that there's no reason why the song couldn't be last Thursday, I gave you my heart, or last Arbor Day, or whatever. <laughs> what this is, is it's a lame group, George Michael and Wham, they're terrible, who needed a hit. They took a a forgettable song with no connections to Christmas at all. The melody, there's you know, there's, it doesn't even talk, throw in the token jingle bells, and they just wrote a pop song stuck in the word Christmas, and boom, now they've got a song that's going to get a lot of airtime because at Christmas time you need lots of songs, and it's it's an offense to everything that is Christmas. Andy Ferguson. <laughs> well, I agree with that. I mean, the, it, it is a problem with. Uh, I mean, it's one of the reasons I don't like some of these novelty songs is. 
the, you know, the closest you get to Christmas in a lot of them is, is they're celebrating the celebration mm-hmm. of Christmas, you know, or they're celebrating the weather or they're celebrating, you know, antique modes of transportation, which is, <laughs> what, uh, after all, what a horse-drawn sleigh is. You know, all, all this sort of stuff. It's like, it's almost like um, everybody's tiptoeing around what the real point of all of this is, uh, and nobody, you know, dares, dares to say what's really going on. Uh, you make a good point. I, mean, I was thinking about that the other day. My wife says her, who happens to be Jewish, by the way, so she gets a special dispensation. She says her favorite Christmas song is "Baby, It's Cold Outside." <laughs> like, <I don't, laughs> there is nothing Christmas about. But her point—that's the, the only time she ever hears it—is around the Christmas season. Then she really says she really likes "Let It Snow, Let It Snow, Let It Snow," which once again is essentially a weather report set to music. And it, yeah. it could, you could play it in exactly. February with the same effect. Well, I'll tell you, yeah, maybe it's cold outside, though, is certainly the most erotic Christmas song. <laughs> I mean, that's not a very big category, but uh, Eros and Santa, you don't usually think of them together. Well, and then there's the, the great one by Eartha Kitt. Um, Santa Baby. Santa Baby, which yeah. is, I mean, if, if, if any man can listen to that and not want to become Santa Claus, I don't know. And then there's uh, Frosty the Snowman, if you're into that sort of thing. Not that there's anything wrong with that. So <laughs> then let's flip it around. Is that uh, a carrot on his face, or is he just glad? <laughs> Sorry. We'll see if Bill Crystal lets that get through the edits. Okay, so let's uh, let's start. Let, then let's divide the good Christmas music into kind of two waves, and that is the pre-pop Christmas music, the truly profound Christmas music. I'm talking about things like "Snow," a uh, 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 "Silent Night," which is just a fantastic song at every yeah. level. Uh, one of my favorites that's uh, underappreciated in the in the uh, U.S. is "Still, Still, Still," another German car- carol that I think oh, yeah. evokes Christmas so well. And then the um, the openly or the you know the kind of the church music like "Joy to the World." Any favorites in that pantheon? Any songs that particularly resonate with you? And and why? What gives those songs the power that three hundred years later, in some cases, we're still singing them? Well, you know, I did a lot of. Um research, believe it or not. <laughs> I, I don't. I, Having read your work, I don't, but we'll go ahead. Um, but uh, the, the whole idea of Chris, of celebrating Christmas was tied up with music. Um, the Music was banned, of, essentially banned by the Puritans in, uh, in the 17th uh, century in England, and and to and the, the the Puritans hated the celebration of Christmas too. They were they were big on the celebrating the baptism of Christmas or, or uh, Jesus, which is Epiphany. Um, but there was something about Christmas that really really ticked them off, and so they they outlawed the celebration of Christmas essentially, and they uh, got rid of all kinds of celebrations and music and so on. And when people wanted to rebel against this grim Puritan view of, of Christmas, uh, well, in fact, the entire Christian religion, they started singing about it. They started, you know, the way to express their true appreciation for the joy of, of religious belief and faith was by dancing and singing. And, and that's what these, the greatest Christmas carols, in my opinion anyway, are, are the ones that evoke that kind of celebratory, you know, let's go get them <laughs> um, 
feeling about Christmas. So, you know, Joy to the World, you mentioned, Oh, Come All Ye Faithful. Um, Those are songs that are joyful and absolutely serious at the same time and invigorating and uh, beautiful. And, you know, it's really quite an accomplishment to be able to do a song that does all those things at once. I, I agree completely. And what's fascinating is, once again, my wife's Jewish, and we were driving along listening to some Christmas music, which as I demand this time of year. And uh, she was singing along with Joy to the World and Hark the Hill. And I'm going, how do you know? I mean, because her family never celebrated Christmas. They're not one of these kind of, you know, Hanukkah, Harry kind of things. You know, they, they right, really, right, and she right. says, oh, these are just great songs. I learned them as a kid, you know, and I've, I've, I love the music. Then now let's go forward to... There's, you know, the America has the classic uh, American songbook. And within that, I would argue that there is the classic American Christmas songbook. And I think one of the great things about it is it's being added to still. There are still people writing new, fresh takes on Christmas music that is either fun or profound or both. So in the more kind of modern era, Andy Ferguson, what are the great Christmas music moments? Well, I don't. I, I can't get too modern. Uh, partly it's against my nature, and partly I don't know enough uh, <laughs> about it. But, but it, I, one, I think the last great phase, in my knowledge of, of Christmas songwriting, uh, interestingly enough, was uh, during World War II, right. where the the kind of the melancholy that's also a part of the mixture of emotions of Christmas. Um, was fortified by the fact that everybody had a loved one overseas who was in harm's way. And so uh, I'll Be Home for Christmas, which is exquisitely sung by Bing Crosby, and um, the Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas that Judy Garland sang in that beautiful movie. Um, you know, those are things that, again, they, they're, they're about the loss of a loved one and about Christmas at the same time. And I just I just find those songs very moving when you think about them in the context of when they were written and why they were so popular. It's because of the war. And the uh, sense of longing that was beneath them. I th- yeah. Every time I, I can't think of I'll Be Home for Christmas, which, of course, the narrator won't be, and that's what makes the song so powerful, without thinking of I'll Be Seeing You, which is the version yeah. of that same song that you sing the other 364 days of the year when you're in the middle of a world war. But you really don't... Nothing after that. I I have to tell you, I think Run DMC's Christmas in Hollis, Queens is one of the best modern Christmas songs. It is just full of joy and attitude. And, you know, it starts off with more of a kind of a traditional uh, rap motif where the guy's out and he finds a wallet and it's full of Santa's money and the dough is for me. But then they sing lines that every, maybe it's because I'm a Southerner, could sing, you know, it's Christmas time in Hollis, Queens, mama's cooking chicken in collard greens, and they just, they line up all the Christmas imagery of my childhood, of my family, and of... uh, Frantically uh, typing in YouTube. (laughs) Oh, Christmas time in Hollis, Queens by Run DMC. I I have never heard of this song. I mean, it's... It's a huge gap in my education. It, it, it certainly whole, is. Oh, wait, I of Run DMC is is a mystery to me. I can't it's wait just to a blank space in my mind. I can't wait to the podcast where I introduce you to NWA, but that's for another time. Uh, oh, but, uh, but, uh, wait a minute! Now, is, wasn't that the airline? <laughs> so, so <laughs> I, I I really do. I think. Um, uh, uh, 
uh, Jingle Bell Rock or Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree, both. I mean, they talk about putting you oh, in the instant. To me, those, those, are, those are homicidal. Those are the kinds of things where, you know, if I had a gun in my hand when those came on. Now, just... why? Because as soon as you tune, turn on Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree, uh, people immediately start moving. They start. They want to be at a office Christmas party. Yes, they're running to the bathroom to rest. <laughs> no, it evokes the joy, the the celebratory part of of uh, Christmas, doesn't it? Well, you know, it just it just goes to show you that um, that uh, music is a source of endless division and mm-hmm. argument. <laughs> And even Christmas music, because man, that's the, those, those the the two songs there that you just mentioned are really, really, um, to me, they they just they're um, uh, the kind of thing that they can start a war. <laughs> no, they're they're not even close to the horrors that are uh, 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 Paul McCartney's terrible "Simply Having Whoa. a Wonderful Christmas Time," which is. Oh. Oh my God. I, I, it should be re, 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 resigned to Gitmo. That should be the only place where it's played. <laughs> There's this awful maudlin song called The Christmas Shoes, which is just what makes it a, a crime is that it plays off of true human emotion. The story of a little kid who can't afford the shoes he wants to buy for his mom and the guys in the store. And he tells, you, I assume, do you not know the song? No, 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 but and I, so my God, it's this kind of country. It's kind of this country-ish kind of tune, and you know, over the top. The the the, the music is syrupy. The, the violins are too loud, and the reason why the kid needs the shoes, and he reaches in his little pocket, you know, this handful of change. He doesn't have enough money. So as the guy's buying him the shoes, he discovers he needs them because his mommy is sick, and she's going to meet Jesus that night on Christmas Eve, and she needs the new shoes. And it's just oh, oh, oh. it's. Oh, wow. it's just it's it's gag reflex touching oh, the treacle. It just it just I'd like to see time. the video. You know, it, actually, nobody can really comprehend the, the the massive awfulness of that Paul McCartney song mm-hmm. unless you watch the video that they made at the same time, which is <laughs> Paul at his cutest. And you Ugh. just want to reach through the computer screen and grab, my, I mean, it's just so, and they're kind of, you know, decorating the tree and just every mm. single cliche. Uh, mm. I love Paul McCartney. I revere Paul McCartney's talent, but for that very reason, they ought to kick him out of the Hall of Fame. Okay, well then let's, let's end on a high note. Uh, I want to ask you to name one or two profound moments for you in Christmas music. And I'll start you thinking by giving you one, because uh, I sang a little bit in college, and I get asked to sing on occasion. Whenever I sing around the Christmas time, I always sing Oh Holy Night. And there's that oh. moment at the end of the you know, the song, Oh Night Divine, Oh Night When Christ Was Born. And, you know, I mean, I, the reason I sing it is because it's a crowd pleaser. It, it, it covers the fact that my, you know, I'm a mediocre tenor at best. But it, just that moment, I mean, I, it, when it's on in my car, it's the moment my Jewish wife reaches over and turns the radio up just a bit. Because uh-huh. it's so, it's like that moment in... Um, in uh, Nesun Dorma, uh, when you know Vincenzo, oh, yeah, right. that Another same that same moment. So, what is a Christmas music moment for you that's a favorite, well, Andy? To, to me, uh, it's it's more than just the ultimate Christmas song. In a sense, it's the ultimate melody. It's like the source of all mel- melody. Uh, Silent Night, mm-hmm. which is so incredibly simple it's all it's like taps in a way in fact it has some of the same intervals but it's sort of like it's nobody wrote that tune they just discovered it you know Mm -hmm. it was like something latent 
in nature and and somebody managed to uncover it and a a beautiful um church filled with congregational a congregation of people celebrating christmas uh singing uh silent night in a sort of a somber and sober way is just one of the most moving experiences uh that uh i know of and um you know, it's it's very hard to top that. I, I agree with you. I don't think it can be topped. There's one other moment, though, that I really like. Uh, it's it's now become cliche, but uh, not long ago, it was rare to find the soundtrack from Charlie Brown Christmas widely available. It's great jazz by Vince Garardi, and he oh, plays yeah. some great tunes like O Tannenbaum, and then a tune he wrote himself called Christmas Time is Here, which I think is another new Christmas classic. And there's yeah, a moment... When if you're at a party or you had a large gathering of people back once again, back before it became ubiquitous, I could put the CD on and the sound of of uh, Vince Garardi just starting uh, Otanenbaum yeah. would cause the whole room to stop. Yeah. And they would turn to the music and a lot of women would go, oh, and it was it's that it's it, it obviously it evokes the, the program itself. Then again, O Tannenbaum is a is a one of those one, another kind of gut songs. You know, the melody is, is right in our in the human wheelhouse. And and that's another just great, great moment. The very beginning of the of that yeah. song is just yeah, it's, a, it's astonishing how that that has become, at least for people of our generation. And mm-hmm. I, I assume later generations has, has almost become I identical with Christmas, the, the sound of that That's piano. Right. And, um, uh, it's really, it's uh, really quite a tribute to anybody who can, who can uh, manage to penetrate the whole tradition of Christmas just through his own talent. Andrew Ferguson, thanks so much for the great chapter you've done in the book, Christmas Virtues, which I predict will be popping up on people's, you know, uh, uh, tables and tables for Christmases for years to come. Thanks for your discourse on music and thanks for joining us for this uh, Christmas season podcast. It's my pleasure and Merry Christmas to you. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.